Well, welcome to another edition of Intentional Conversations. On Intentional Conversations, we seek to interview leaders in men's ministry to help men grow spiritually and help leaders and pastors to reach men in today's culture, discussing issues men face every day. It is a program where a men's minister leader interviews leaders in men's ministry. Hi, I'm your host, Mike Sandler, and I thank you for joining us. From time to time, we break away from interviewing men and we invite ladies to come onto the program. And this week, we're doing just that. Men, there are ministries that God has called ladies to begin and are directing that we could tap into to help our men and our local churches to be more effective. As men are being discipled and their relationship with Christ grows deeper, they should be looking for ways to put their hands and feet to work. In addition to coming alongside others as brothers and sisters in Christ to show the world that we are one in Christ, though we may disagree on specific issues. Today, my guest is Emma Batazor. Um, we meet, I met Emma about three years ago while the area we live in, Southeast North Carolina, was recovering from a devastating Hurricane Florence. I was intrigued by how she connected various groups, networking, if you will, to help each organization through this time. So, well, Emma, thank you for joining us on this program today. Hey, Mike, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Great. And before we get started with some questions I got for you, let me uh, let me read your bio so our listening audience can get to know you just a little bit more. Emma Baltasar is a founder and director of One Christian Network. Her organization's mission is to unite the church to transform the city. She is known by connecting leaders and the community to resources for the last seven years. Emma was recognized by the governor for her volunteer work during Hurricane Florence, received the Better Is Possible Silent Hero Award and the 40 Under 40 Award in 2020 by the Wilmington Chamber of Commerce and Star News. She was ordained as a chaplain under the Warrior Family Ministries, and Emma is a former New Henry County school teacher for 12 years. She is happily married to Alan Baltazar for 15 years, and they have two daughters, Willow and Sheila. Um, you know, this is this is a remarkable young lady, folks, that, that I met when I first met her. I, I really wasn't sure. I'm going to be honest with you. you know, I really wasn't sure how to take you when I first met you because they didn't know, <laughs> didn't really know what all was going on. But as I've gotten to know you more and more, it is just amazing on what you're doing. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you, her ministry is, is situated here in the southeast North Carolina area in the Wilmington, North, North, North Carolina area. But when you listen to her today, you will see that this is something that can be replicated throughout uh, throughout the country and possibly around the world uh, as we go. But before we really get into that, Emma, I got a couple of questions I want to ask you. And uh, the first question is, what is a verse that you might consider as your anchor verse or maybe it's an anchor verse for the ministry of One Christian Network? And why is that verse so important? Yeah, so if I can give one for myself and one for the the ministry, that would be awesome. I can't. It's just there's sure, so many. Absolutely. Love, but, yeah, absolutely. Um, so for myself, and especially right now, Matthew six thirty three, it says, "Seek first the kingdom of God, and all things will be given to you." Mm-hmm. Um, is really important to me. Um, as so many things are going on and in our world, um, just remembering to refocus on God and His kingdom, and other things will follow. Is just um, impactful for me. So I focus, I love that verse. I love to, it pretty much can be used in any circumstance, just um, remaining focused on what's important and, and knowing that he's working all things for his glory, especially when we put our focus back on him and building his kingdom and all the pain, suffering, especially in the last couple of years that we've experienced. Wow. Um, 
it just helps me get through those difficult times and knowing that, you know, this is not forever and, and that he's making all things, you know, back to the original design, right? He's pointing, pe- mm-hmm. you know, all the things that are negative can be pointed back to him. And um, he just wants, he uses every situation to bring him glory and to, for people to understand his love for them. So that's my mm-hmm. favorite personal verse. And then for the ministry, two verses come to mind, um, John 17, 21, when mm-hmm. Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane before he died on the cross, um, he prayed, Lord, let them be one, just as you are in me and I am in you. And then the world will know um, that you have sent me. And that's um, part of where One Christian Network's name came from, that we are one. And that's how the world will know. It's his you know, main plan for people to understand his love is that the body of Christ becomes one and, and can see that how Jesus and God are one. Um, also to make every effort in, excuse me, the verse Ephesians 4, 3 through 7, that says make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body, one spirit, just as you are called to one hope when you are called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who's father of all, who is over all and through all. And mm. I love that verse because, um, so often, especially in today's time, um, you know, we are so divided and yeah. the scripture just reminds us that we are under one God and we're one faith. And um, whether it looks like that other times, that's what we're called to do. So those are the two main verses that I would say our ministry is centered around. Wow. Well, that's that, that's good stuff right there. Talking about unity, because that's true. We're. We are we are a people that's really Satan has really tried to divide up and and try to try to put us at odds with one another. But he's called us to be unified in the cause of Christ, and and I appreciate you sharing that. Emma, how did you come to Christ? When did you when did you when did you be uh, become a believer? So I grew up in church um, my whole life. My dad was a deacon. My mom was involved. My grandfather was a pastor. Um, but I didn't really understand what it meant, the gospel, to follow Christ. Um, until right. my senior year of high school, um, Young Life was really big in my high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and our Young Life leader lived across the street from the school. So she was very present and um, could have Bible study before school. And so I just really went for the donuts <laughs> and the breakfast. <laughs> and that my sounds, like, that sounds like something I would say. <laughs> right? Um and my friends were going, um, and so they finally convinced me to go, even though I really didn't want to. I didn't really understand why I needed to do that before school. Um, but through that, I really started to understand what it meant to follow Christ. And my young life leader had been through a lot of tragedy. Um, her dad had committed suicide, and mm. she'd just been through a lot. And But she had all this joy, and I just couldn't understand how someone who had been through so much could have joy in their life. And all the testimonies that people shared at Young Life really intrigued me. I'm like, there's more to this than just, you know, Noah's Ark and the Old Testament stories I heard, but I didn't really know how it related to my own life. So um, I was really intrigued, really seeking God. Um, but really in college is when I really feel like I be- became a disciple of Jesus uh, through InterVarsity Christian Fellowship at UNCW. Um, that really changed my life, the community the, um, just, you know, the teaching, the Bible study. And then I went on a missions trip when I was 19 
to South Africa. And even right beforehand, I was questioning, is this real? You know, is this something I want to devote my life to? You know, is is it real? I was just questioning. And when I went there to South Africa, I did prison ministry. And God just really opened up my eyes to so many things about what it meant to be in the family of Christ, because we could st we stayed at different host families that we didn't know, but we were family. And we also learned about, you know, the Bible verse that talks about how sin, all our sin is equal because we're in, we're in this prison ministry with prisoners have done all kinds of things, but, mm -hmm. um, but he was working through them. And honestly, even though they were in prison, they were finding freedom. Um, and I just learned so many different lessons and I came back not only like solidified my faith, but just ready to live life on mission. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> Well, good. Well, that, 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 that's pretty interesting how you kind of work through that process of understanding uh, the importance of having that uh, relationship and, and, uh, and growing in Christ. Yeah. Well let's, well, let's talk about One one Christian Network a little bit. How long has One Christian Network been around? I started it about seven years ago, but I was just, I was teaching school at the time. So it wasn't, I wasn't expecting it to be a nonprofit or it really a you know, I wasn't sure if it was going to last, honestly, but in 2018, we became an official nonprofit 501 C3. Well, that's the, that was hurricane Florence here, wasn't it? Right. It was just a few weeks uh, or actually a couple months. It was before Florence hit. Wow. That's interesting. Uh, uh, all that process he prepared you for, for doing the work that you did during hurricane Florence here in North Carolina. Um, what about three years, about three or four yeah. years before yeah. you actually became a, a full fledged ministry. That's super. Right. Well, well, how did you come up with this concept? What, what did you see that made you feel God was uh, leading you to start this ministry? Well, looking back, I realized like I saw God's hand in it all along, but basically I lived in um, Wilmington for 20 years and I have been a part of several different churches, several different ministries, a Christian coffee shop, different outreaches, and um, and then just being in college here, just seeing like the gaps and um, number one, not knowing, like I always found about about events or resources after the fact. Mm -hmm. um, and also I saw a lot of competition being a part of a church plant. I just saw just this needless competition between churches. Oh yeah. Um, so that all of that, but then really what really launched it um, and caused me to say, okay, I'll do this Lord is I was a part, I really wanted to start doing worship in downtown Wilmington because mm -hmm. I really felt like one of the reasons I came to the Lord was through worship music and just connecting to God in that way. And a lot of people just don't even won't even step foot into a church. So I kind of wanted to right. get church to the streets and um, at the time, I wasn't part of a church. And so I was like, well, how am I going to start a worship ministry? I'm not even a part of a church right now. We were in between churches. And the Lord uh, led us to a ministry that was doing this in this um, in Charlotte. We actually just walked and stumbled upon it one, one um, weekend. We were in Charlotte. And I was like, okay. It was like kind of a sign that we were supposed to start it in Wilmington. So I started making plans for this group to come help us in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the group from Charlotte to come to Wilmington. And in the in the process, I started um, sharing the vision with different pastors and leaders. And the very first week I was back in Wilmington starting to share it, I um, 
I met a pastor, a, an outreach pastor that was actually doing an outreach. Um, well, he was doing a citywide prayer march for racial reconciliation. And mm-hmm. he was like, if you want to change a city, you have to really know the history and you have to get to the root of what are the problems in the city. And so he started really understanding what happened um, in the coup d'etat in 1898. Right, right. And realizing that in order for us to heal, we have to, you know, first of all, be aware of our history, but also um, try to build bridges in across racial lines and listen and um, pray. And so he did this prayer march and I helped, I kind of put the worship on the side for right then. And I just started helping him and God just started really revealing to me all the connections over the years. were going to be useful in this moment to do this event. Because he had only been in Wilmington for a couple of years at that, or even a year at that point. So I was able to help him with the worship afterwards and, you know, connection to activities for the kids and just getting the word out to other churches. But in the meantime, I also saw, like, if churches didn't really know who we were, they weren't going to participate in this collaborative event. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just couldn't even get churches to call me back. So I was like, well, what can I do after the event? It was amazing. A thousand people came, government officials came, we marched in the streets and had this beautiful event. And I, some of the people that I'm in relationship now are people because I met, we did that event. So it was just amazing how many things came out from that event. But then afterwards I just asked God, like, okay, what's next? What are we going to do together? And how can we build trust and relationships so that if we want to do anything collaboratively, we have that trust in place and we know who each other is. We know what each church and ministry is about so that we can truly take our city back for Christ. And so um, I was praying about it and I just hear clearly heard the Lord say, um, I'm calling you to unite my people in Wilmington. And at first I was like, no, that's not me. I can't do that. I'm not ordained pastor. I'm not, you know, I'm a woman. (laughs) Like I, um, people aren't going to listen. You know, I'm not even a part of a church at that point. So I'm not going to do that. Sorry, Lord. (laughs) You know, but as you probably know, um, when you're called to something, God continues to put it on your heart. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you, you can't shake it. Right. Oh, yeah, you're so, right. I mean, you can't. <laughs> yeah. So at the time, I was, um, I had just had my first daughter uh, as the, you know, and when I first got the vision, and I was taking care of my mother in law, I was teaching school, and I was like, there's no way I'm going to start an, a ministry right now. But as time went on, I just felt like I'm just going to start small and just see what happens because it, I just couldn't shake that I was supposed to do something. So I just started gathering leaders once a month. I just called all the leaders I knew and we started having meetings to pray, share about what we're doing, build trust. And then we started a Facebook group where people could post what they were doing and kind of build relationships online. Mm. Um, So that's kind of how it got started and why I do what I do. Well, that's, that's, that's neat. That's interesting how God work you through that also you know sometimes when he's called us we don't exactly know what he's what he's calling us to sometimes and, and we just got to uh, be still and listen you know listen uh, what he's saying to our hearts and, and just take it one step at a time just put that first, uh, first foot forward and he right. will guide our paths you know because what the bible tells us is that he will guide us he will direct our paths uh, yeah, if we just okay. trust him so that's that's super 
One Christian Network uh, actually is more of a networking organization. Is that true? Is that a good statement? Yeah, it's a it's an opportunity for people of faith, Christian faith, to connect and collaborate. And then we also create awareness of resources, events, and then just try to create a culture of encouragement, empowerment for leaders um, uh, is our last kind of thing that we do. Because so often leaders, um, especially during this pandemic, are burnt out or they you know, don't they, they have a vision, they don't know where to go with it, or they just need encouragement. And so we kind of just provide that platform or that opportunity to be encouraged by each other. Okay. How, how do you, how do you do that? I, I hear what you're saying about encouraging each other and providing mm-hmm. a platform, but how do you do that? I know that um, uh, before the pandemic, and I think you're starting to, starting to do this again, you kind of went virtual for a while, but you usually have a, a, a monthly meeting mm-hmm. uh, of individuals. And I think you're doing some other stuff now too. So, so mm-hmm. how do you connect those people together where say uh, one ministry can learn about another ministry that might complement them or be able to work together to to help each other be more effective. So we do that in a a few different ways. So before the pandemic, we were doing monthly and then right actually right before the pandemic, we started doing quarterly. But what we found is that especially during the pandemic or since the pandemic, we've hosted 28 online conference calls. So Mm -hmm. we were doing like weekly and biweekly and now monthly. Mm -hmm. And so we still do the monthly online because people who are in nonprofit world or are just super busy, they don't have time to, you know, drive to another location. And it takes like about two hours to do a meeting and then come back. So what we found um, helpful now is that we do a one month, once a month, like kind of a check in for ministries and nonprofits to say, People can say, hey, this is the needs I'm seeing. Um, can anybody help me with this? Or these are the opportunities we have for the community if anybody needs them, whether it be, um, you know, maybe a church is doing laundry at their church or a clothes closet or food pantries or blood drives. And mm-hmm. then our, we have a quarterly meeting that's more sharing testimonies and networking in person and worship and prayer. So it's kind of more relational. Um, I mean, the monthlies are relational as well, but it's it's kind of more focused on the information that you can get. Um, but you can also put a face to a name, which is helpful. So we have the monthly, the network, the quarterly, and then we have um, we have the just one-on-one meetings. And then we just like encourage people to say, hey, we know that you're doing this and this other ministry is doing something similar. Is there a way that you guys could meet and see if there's ways that y'all could work together? Um, I know that's not always going to be the case because of different reasons. But um, one of the things I've found in this past uh, pandemic is like some cohorts are forming around different topics. So like maybe human trafficking, um, there's a cohort forming for that Um, Mm. homelessness, the domestic violence, um, and even, you know, of course, the New Hampshire Disaster Coalition that was formed around disaster. So just helping connect people to those things that are um, more specific has been helpful as well. And just getting more churches at the table because a lot of nonprofit agencies are part of it, but churches that are doing that work can be at the table as well. And so just kind of being that bridge um, has been really impactful. Yeah. What's, what's interesting to me is uh, 
is crossing those denominational boundaries that you do, you know, regardless of their denominational status or non-denominational status, whatever the case may be. And you're bringing those churches together for a single purpose. And I think that, that that's pretty interesting. And also you're crossing the ethnic boundaries too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen, seen that in, in quite a number of things that one Christian network has done. And I think that is superb for, many of our listeners who don't know about the Wilmington area, um, it has been a very racially divided community for many, many years. And you may think yours is a racially divided community. Um, I've, I grew up here in this area and I saw all the stuff that happened back in the sixties and early seventies. And I want to tell you, it's, it's a, it's, it's a continuing problem that stems back to what you said earlier in your conversation of the 1898 uh, coup d'etat that occurred, and uh, it's 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 uh, it's sad in a lot of ways, and we do need to we do need to um, uh, come together in unity and one in Christ. So is that right. what you're seeing? Is that what you're seeing yourself? Yeah. I mean, you you didn't grow up in this area. You said you only been here 20 years, but is that pretty much sums up the situation? Yeah, I think that. I mean, if it takes you know, years and years for the negative things that have happened in our city mm-hmm. over time. It's going to take years and years for, you know, positive change. And it does take people getting outside their um, bubbles, right? It's yes, not going to it happen does. naturally. And yeah, right. um, part of what we do is we're not going to fix all the problems, right? We're not going right. to solve all the issues, but we create that space where people can get outside their regular four walls and say, Hey, I don't always understand or I don't know where you're coming from, but I'm going to meet you and connect with you. And um, but if you don't know each other, if you don't know people from different races, denominations, then you're never going to build those relationships. So it's just that connection point. And the idea is that you will get coffee. You will meet with those people that are different and listen, because that's I think that's one of the issues is media, social media people are just pointing fingers, creating more bitterness, more tension, more division, instead of saying, Hey, I don't necessarily understand where you're coming from, but I want to know, I want to lean in and listen. And I think we would see a lot of issues. Um, we'd, we'd hear each other more. Right. And I think as Christians, we haven't done a great job of listening. We want to jump on our high horses of, you know, the issues that we're passionate about and said, and pointing fingers at people that maybe not fit in our box instead of saying, Hey, like you're my brother or sister in Christ, and I don't quite understand where you're coming from, but can I sit and listen? That's yeah. that's what has been missing, I feel like, especially since everything with George Floyd and all the you know tension since then and, and the political tension, um, is that we haven't done that really well. And so that's my prayer is that we would be a bridge into into helping, you know, um some of those issues. So yeah, yeah, that's that, that's good, and and it's neat in uh, of what you're doing. Well, let me tell you, you know, my ministry deals with reaching into men's lives and and helping uh, churches and uh, men's ministry leaders and pastors to uh, uh, connect with their men and target their men and being able to speak into them spiritually. What? Um, how can one Christian network? I've got to put you on spot here, but that's kind of okay. what we do sometimes. Okay. What uh, what does a one Christian network or how can one Christian network help a men's ministry leader to be able to get his guys engaged 
uh, as they grow spiritually? Well, we can connect them to ministries that can, you know, that will fit what they need in the time. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of times there's so many resources, but because we don't have, you know, the everyday person doesn't have time to research all those, right? Right. Um, whether it be a men's conference, whether it be a men's mentorship, where it would be free counseling that you might need marriage counseling, or maybe they want to be a chaplain. Maybe they want to serve the community and strengthen their life on mission, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of times they might not, you know, know where to start, but because we've done a lot of research, met with a lot of ministries, we kind of know what's out there and we can connect them um, or even an individual, you know, a lot of times we connect people grassroots style. Like we know someone that's a veteran that wants to mentor another young veteran, you know, that's just coming back, you know, coming out of the service, for example. Right, right. And we can say, hey, this individual loves to mentor and we'll connect them that way. So there's many ways that we can help, um, you know, help them strengthen their walk and help them grow as a, a man in leadership. Um, even if it's connection to a church, because, you know, so often you don't have time to, you know, visit 20 churches, different churches. <laughs> right. And so we can connect them to a church body based on their location, what they're passionate about, what they need. And so there's just a few ways that we can help strengthen men in their ministry. Oh, super. That, that, that That's great. And, and I appreciate Well, how would they get up with you, Emma? How, how would they get up with One Christian Network? Uh, do you have a team of folks? Let me let me cross that over. Do you have a team of folks that's working with you in the ministries, or or is it just you? And, or... So I have a couple of volunteers that help me with different yeah. things, um, and then I have a board that oversees you know as a nonprofit. But yeah. we definitely are looking to grow, um, and part of it's just needing to fundraise and get finances to hire people. Um, but yeah, I do most of the everyday things, but I do have people that assist me and, um, help me with different things. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good that you have that help because this kind of, this ministry that you're talking about, uh, can, can really be, um, overwhelming to one person if you're trying to connect about how many, how many ministries right now are, are, would you say is connected with one Christian network? It's hard to say exactly. In our Facebook group, we have about 2,200 people, which represents several different ministries. Um, On our website, we probably have 30 to 40 ministries represented. Um, Any network meeting, we might have 30 to 40 ministries represented. So it just depends on um, how you're looking at what type of connection. You know, some are giving financially, some you know, just ask questions when they need a, you know, something or yeah. some are really active in attending the meeting. So it just depends. But um, I would say about 30, 20 to 30 or so um, are connected like regularly. Um, but many more than that, um, you know, as needed kind of thing. <laughs> I know, I know pre-pandemic um, in your, in what you said were monthly and then you went to quarterly you would kind of highlight a ministry during those meetings or spend part of that meeting highlighting a ministry. Do you still do that? Yes, we do. So we um, now what we do as our monthly meetings, um, we usually focus on ministries that are like serving the most vulnerable, but we, we right. will do any, but especially those who are affected like the by the pandemic. So financial people who were helping mental health, things like that. 
Um, but in the quarterly meetings, we give four ministries to share three to five minutes. So it's 20 minutes of like what organizations are doing and testimonies of how their organization has impacted the community or an individual. Um, so yes, we, we still, you know, give different ministries a platform to share for sure. Can anybody uh, join your quarterly meetings? Yes. So we kind of make it so that it's an easy on-ramp for anyone to come. So we say leaders, but we can, I consider anyone who's a Christian a leader, because even if you're just <laughs> leading your home, you're a I, I, concur, I concur with that. I concur right? with that. So, yeah. um, but really anyone can come that wants to make a difference in our community. It don't, you don't have to have a certain title or represent a certain organization. Anyone can come. And if you want to be highlighted, you just got to l- let us know that, hey, we're a ministry and a lot of people don't know about us. And we'd love to, um, be able to come be a part of your event. But a lot of times we pick people who have been coming and show participation and then, you know, give them a platform to share. Yeah. That's a great way. That's really why reason why I asked that question for you to talk a little bit about that is it's, it is a great way for people who don't understand or know about ministries in their area to be able to hear about those ministries and see if it's something that they can uh, tap into as part of their ministry. And uh, and so I would encourage you to uh, to get up with Emma, uh, and we'll and we'll share a little bit how you can do that here in a, in a few moments, uh, so you can so you can be able to be a part of that and hear what's going on in the community. Now this is something I know we talked a little bit about it offline, and I but I I do want to talk about it because you mentioned it as part of the part of the founding of One Christian Network that you uh, saw this in uh, uh, as a similar ministry in Charlotte. This is something that can be easily replicated um, in other cities and other countries. Is that not correct? Yes. And that's why when I first started it, I named it one Christian or Wilmington Christian Network. Right. And the Lord really um, put on my heart that it could be replicated. So just to call it one Christian network of Wilmington. So if any city want to do it, I mean, we're not quite ready to replicate, but hopefully in the next year or so we'd be ready to, um, you know, replicate it and help other cities get off the ground. But I mean, even if someone doesn't want to come underneath and be a part of one Christian, I mean, I definitely would be open to talking to people about how they can start something similar. Um, I recently went to a conference actually a week or two ago, um, in another state and there was someone who found out about what I was doing and, they actually reached out and said they want to start something similar and what I can oh, wow. with them. So, wow. Um, wow. yeah. And even in my home city, Burlington, North Carolina, I've had, I've been able to consult with them about starting something. And I know there's just such a need because especially with the rises of needs in the pandemic, so many churches, oh, I mean, I've heard like 18,000 churches across America are closing oh, and yeah. we're really going to need to unite. I mean, there's so many needs, so many people falling away and um, physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially. And there's not one organization or church that can do it all. So really collaboration is key right now. So. Amen. Amen. I totally agree with that. Emma, and I appreciate everything you're doing. I appreciate you answering God's call into this ministry because that is indeed, that's one of the things I struggle with in men's ministry is something you said at the very beginning, the competitiveness between churches. And, um, and we see that in so many, uh, areas of the church uh, uh, trying to compete with one another when uh, we know that is not of the Lord. And uh, 
and, and those and I will say that competitiveness may not be something that's intentional, but it's something that's inbred in all of us, and because of because of our fallen state. And uh, and we need to, uh, but we need to overcome that and know that we are all here for one one accord, and we need to be right. united for for the kingdom of God. Right. Emma, how can they get up with you? What can what can they do to reach out to Emma Baltazar? So you can email me at info at onechristiannetwork.com. You can visit our website www.onechristiannetwork.com. Um, and reach out. Love to connect with anyone who's interested in learning more, whether it be locally or globally, um, just to assist or connect you in whatever fashion may need you know that you need. Well, Emma, we are coming up on our time, and and I don't want to overstay over uh, my welcome with you, but uh, uh, I do want to give you just a minute or two just to kind of sum up uh, one Christian network and and uh, how people can be involved and. In, uniting their community um, through through their church or even just themselves and being able to reach out into all the needs and the uh, situations that people come across every day. So if you, I'll just okay. give you a couple of minutes to share yeah. that. Yeah, I just want to share these statistics as well um, that are through Christ Together, which is an organization that's a resource um, that people can tap into for their city. But in 2026, in less than 15 years from now, the total population is going to be 360 million people and 30 million North Americans. Um, about 10 percent of that population are in a genuine relationship with Christ. Um, so. Also, there's about 200 to 300,000 um, Protestant fellowships, and the majority of those are dormant. And so while it might be daunting to you know, try to unite and work together in a city, um, it, is, it is crucial that we do this. Um, and so our prayer for One Christian and for many cities that are doing um, similar work is that we, we work together so that every man, woman, and child can come to the realization of who Christ is and that needs are met because, you know, Jesus, he always met the physical needs first, right? Before he was able right. to say, to present the gospel and to present who he was. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of our mission is for everyone to experience who Christ is. And we see that unity is the key in doing that. So feel free to reach out. We'd love to connect and there's so many resources. Um, I'm going to give you two more. I mentioned Christ Together, but citygospelmovements.org and then movement.org. Um, two great, actually three great organizations that you can check out and get resources and just learn insight on what's happening globally um, as far as unity goes. What was those two organizations again? I heard movement.org and the other one was? Um, citygospelmovements.org. And actually, they have a map that shares all the unity movements in the world. They found about 600, and it's the Luis Palau Association. Um, Kevin Palau, his son, um, oversees that. And they do amazing work in resourcing cities um, for this type of work. Super, super. Well, Emma, it was great having you on today. Our time, the time is really coming to a close. And, and But it was 
it was super to have you on today and hear about One Christian Network. And I hope guys who you out there and our listening audience, and I know we got some ladies that are listening also. It's not just uh, men who listen. Sometimes ladies listen for their husbands and encourage them. So, so we won't uh, uh, reach out to Emma. I think you will be very impressed with her ministry and what they're doing and uh, listen to her story and listen to what they're doing uh, here in Southeast North Carolina area. And it's something uh, that if you're not in, if you're not in Wilmington, if you are somewhere else in the country or the world, it may be something that you can easily replicate it in there. And Emma could definitely help you with that. So, so I encourage you to do that. Emma, thank you for being with me today. I appreciate that. Yes. Thank you so much, Mike. And I pray that God continues to bless you and your ministry and pouring into men and even, you know, not just locally, but globally. Oh, man. Thank, thank you. I mean, I appreciate that. It's really been fun getting to know you over these last three years and watching what God is doing in your lives. Well, guys, it's over with, but I would encourage you to do one thing for me, if you would. If, you, uh, if you're a men's ministry leader or if you're thinking about going into leading men, I would encourage you to get my book called The Call, A Journey into Men's Ministry. You can find it on Amazon.com or BarnesNoble.com. And once you get that and you read it, please... Uh, do us a favor and leave us a review of the book. It would be greatly appreciated uh, for those who are thinking about buying that book and also for myself too. Central Conversations is a ministry of Cape Fear Men. And if you want to know more about what we do and discuss on the program, uh, uh, just reach out to me at capefearmen.net or give me a, a, an email at mike.sandlin at capefearmen.net. But for now, I will leave you with a blessing and mentor used to pray over me each time we had our time together. He said, I would pray God will give you a rock to stand on, a brook to drink from, and a tree to shade you. So this is Mike Sandler saying God bless, and I hope you will join me again on the next Intentional Conversations with Mike Sandler.